Hi guys, welcome to the Simply Be podcast. I'm Ellen and I am so glad you're here. We're in our fifth week of our Lent series. Can you believe it? We're reading the Gospel of John together three chapters a week. The first week we talked about Lent and what it means. The last three weeks we read and reflected on John 1 through 3, John 4 through 6, and then John 7 through 9. If you miss any of those episodes, go back and check them out. Sometimes we get behind in our reading. Don't feel bad. Just try to catch up or jump in right where we are. This week we're talking about John chapters 10 through 12. We're going to break it down with three takeaways and three things to think about at the end. So our first takeaway, so we start in chapter 10. So the first sentence, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. So we talked about this several episodes ago. So we know that when he says that, what comes next is really important. Jesus is talking about sheep and their shepherd. And he's speaking in a parable. Jesus is telling the people a story in a way that they can understand. Although they didn't always get it, which was the case here. (laughs) He talks about several things like the man who enters the sheep pen through the gate is the shepherd. But the man who jumps the fence is a thief. The fact that the shepherd leads his sheep and calls them by name because he knows them And the sheep follow the shepherd because they know his voice. And that sheep won't follow a stranger because they don't know that stranger's voice. But they don't get it, so Jesus has to explain it. He says a few things. First, he says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He also says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So John 10, 10 says the the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So who's the thief you ask? The thief is the enemy, the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him. You know, there's things in life that tempt you, that try to pull you away from following Jesus, growing in good character and having a full life. The thief steals all that from you. If you're putting faith in things that are fleeting, things that will let you down, they will disappear when things get tough and will absolutely let you down. Like Jesus says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It says the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. <laughs> okay, so that's what the scripture says. The sheep protect the shepherd protects the sheep. But the hired hand doesn't have that same connection. So as, as soon as something happens, as soon as the wolf comes to attack, they run away. They're not there to protect the sheep anymore. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be abandoned, right? I don't want to, when times are tough, um, the things that I'm depending on in life run away. I don't want that. Um, Therefore, I have entered the gate and I follow the shepherd who knows me, who sees me, who cares about me, who guides me to safety and laid his life down for me. I have entered the gate. I follow the shepherd. A full life, eternal life, comes through Jesus, and I have decided to put my faith in him. You know, have you? That's something to think about. 
Um, the question is, the something to think about here is, how does it make you feel that Jesus knows you by name and will do whatever he can, whatever it takes to protect you? Like, that is so amazing. So our second takeaway, so now we're in chapter 11. It's all about the death of Lazarus. Have you heard of him? You probably have if you've ever been in some sort of Sunday school class or Bible study. Um, So he was a friend of Jesus. And he had two sisters who were also close with Jesus. Their names were Mary and Martha. So just to summarize a little bit, Lazarus was sick. And Jesus had heard that. And Jesus said in verse 4, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Okay, so Jesus knew that Lazarus was sick, and he made that statement. So Jesus didn't immediately go to see Lazarus, um, and then Lazarus did, in fact, die. Um, But Jesus did go, so Lazarus and his sisters lived in a town called Bethany, so Jesus ended up going there. And as you can imagine, Mary and Martha were not happy with Jesus, because they thought if he had come earlier, he could have healed Lazarus. And I love this section of scripture because it really emphasizes and you can see the character of Jesus and, and it shows his empathy. So the sisters were weeping. Obviously their brother had died and there were many Jewish people that had come and gathered to mourn with them and they were also weeping. And scripture says in verse 33 that Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And then in verse 35, it says Jesus wept. I mean, that is a full verse right there. It's just two words. Jesus wept. Um, People there could see how much Jesus loved Lazarus. But then some also wondered why he hadn't come earlier to save him as they had seen or heard all the miracles that that he had done and, and miracles that he'd done with people that he didn't know. He wasn't close with them. So there were some, just people were skeptical. They just wondered. If you go back a little bit earlier in verses 24 through 27, Jesus is talking to Martha, like as he arrives and Martha, um, he tells Martha that Lazarus will rise again. And Jesus had been talking about eternal life through faith in him. Um, so she acknowledged it. Yes. Like I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day is what she said. And Jesus's response in this verse, verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes will never die. Now, we talked about this a lot uh, uh, last week or the week before in our readings. But this is important. Our belief in Jesus brings us eternal life in heaven with him. Now, that is huge. When sin came into the world in the Garden of Eden through Adam and Eve... Death became the punishment for that sin. But Jesus took that punishment with him on the cross so that we no longer have that burden. But until we acknowledge Jesus and put our faith and trust in him, we don't reap the benefit of that promise. Jesus wants us to have life and have it to the full, right? We read that in chapter 10. And I know we keep talking about this, but this is the foundation. This is everything. The question is, have you put your faith in Christ? Maybe you don't know how. All you have to do is say this prayer. Dear Lord, I am a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Please forgive me for my sins. 
I believe that Jesus is the Son of God who came to die on the cross to save me from sin and rose on the third day, just like he said he would, he would do, and is now in heaven with the Lord. I invite you to come into my heart. I will trust and follow you as my Savior. Amen. That's a simple prayer. Um, if you believe that Jesus is who he says he was, that he was sent um, from God to take that punishment on the cross, to reconcile us in a relationship with God. Um, and you want him, you want to enter that gate. You want him to be your shepherd and protect you and guide you in this life. You say that prayer, you put your faith in Christ. So our third takeaway, as we wrap up in, cha- as we wrapped up in chapter 11, we learned that the Jewish leaders did not like what they were seeing and wanted Jesus killed. Okay, I mean, they were just intimidated or unsure of who he was and just didn't like what they were seeing and felt like it would just not be a good situation for them. You know, people would stop listening to them and start following Jesus. So they started um, to put together a plan to have him killed, which is crazy, right? I mean, these are these are leaders who studied scripture, who, who read that a Messiah would come And this man, Jesus, is standing there proclaiming to be that person, to be that Messiah. And they are, they are not believing any of it. There's so much happening in this chapter. um, And it's, so we're in chapter 12. There's so much happening here. Um, I'm just going to kind of do a little bit of a summary because there's somewhere I really want to land and spend a little bit of time talking about. So in chapter 12, Jesus goes to Bethany, which is remember where Lazarus and Mary and Martha live. Um, He goes to spend some time with them again. Remember, Lazarus is alive now. And Mary anoints him with perfume. uh, She anoints Jesus with perfume. Um, In this chapter, Jesus enters Jerusalem. And the crowd waved palm branches as he entered. He entered on a donkey as it was prophesied in Isaiah. Um, If you go to church, this is what we celebrate on Palm Sunday which is the Sunday before Easter. And then like we talked about at the beginning of this series, um, those branches are burned, and then those are the ashes that we receive on Ash Wednesday. So just a little bit interesting. Um, so Jesus is entering Jerusalem for the last time before his death. So in this chapter, he predicts his death. Um, there's so much going on. So make sure you go back and read um, all those events. It's sort of leading us to um, the cross. All of this is leading us to the cross. So he's entering Jerusalem. Um, for all those events to happen next. But I wanted to focus on one particular verse as I believe it's super relevant for us today. Before I read it, before I read it, um, let me set it up for us. So many people believe and, and followed Jesus as he preached. They witnessed miracles and just truly understand that he was sent by God as the Old Testament scripture ha- scriptures had foretold, right? So as he's preaching and moving around, People are following him, and they re- they really have put their faith in Jesus. But many did not, especially the Jewish leaders. You know, we just talked about who were plotting to kill him. And and this brings us to verse forty-two. So it's John chapter twelve, verse forty-two, which says, "Yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him." But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved praise from men more than praise from God. Yikes. 
Is this hitting a little bit close to home for anyone? Let me repeat it. It says, they loved praise from men more than praise from God. So it's basically saying that, you know, most of the Jewish leaders did not believe in Jesus and they were plotting to kill him, but there were Jewish leaders who believed, but they didn't express that belief because of fear, fear of rejection, fear of being put out of the synagogue so they couldn't worship. Um, And it says right in scripture, they loved praise from men more than praise from God. And I want to hang here for a minute because I think that happens to us a lot, whether you're a teenager or an adult. We often care so much what people think, and we sometimes work so hard to impress that we lose track of what's right, what's actually good for us in pursuit of acceptance, praise, fitting in, looking good, people being impressed with us, whatever it may be. I mean, I'll admit I'm guilty of it. I mean, it feels kind of yuck to say it out loud, but we're friends here, right? But it sounds like we're not alone in this. The Jewish leaders didn't want to admit they believed in Jesus because they were afraid of of how that people would respond to that, the other Jewish leaders, how they would respond. Here's the thing. We're not meant to fit in. God made us to stand out, to be different. That was always his plan for his people throughout the Old Testament. And as Jesus is, is teaching, you know, we're meant to stand out, to be different. But I realize that in saying that, that is completely counter, completely opposite to how you probably feel most of the time in middle school and high school as a teenager. Most things you do or say is probably to try to fit in. Contradicting the decisions of your friends, not following the crowd, especially when they're headed towards something bad, joining in on a conversation about someone when you know it's wrong, or being the lead in the conversation because of jealousy, anger, or doing whatever you can to make yourself look better or feel better. It could come down to your faith as well. You know, we're doing these things because, you know, we're afraid to contradict our friends. We're afraid to not follow the crowd. We join in when we probably shouldn't because we want to be accepted. Um, And we often, like I said, lead that charge because we want to be seen as strong, powerful, a leader, someone that people want to follow, even if they're following you down the wrong path, or even if you're following someone down the wrong path. Um, And like I said, that could come down to your faith as well. I know I've been in situations, you know, even when people were talking about how they didn't believe in, in God or they believe, but they weren't living a life that reflected that or you know they weren't they were maybe talking the talk but not walking the walk and I stayed silent I didn't share my beliefs out of fear that they wouldn't like me or it would lead to some sort of confrontation and I hate confrontation and it's weird because I have a lot of strong beliefs and convictions and opinions and I'm definitely someone who um, I don't look around to figure out what other people are doing so that I can do it too. I mean, I feel like I have some strong beliefs and convictions um, on a lot of different topics. Um, but I'm always hesitant, often hesitant, to express them in an in a environment where it might be contradicting to others. And it's out of fear, similar, similar to those Jewish leaders. Um, I don't want to have a confrontation. I don't want people not to like me. I don't want to look weak. I don't want... Um, for them to, you know, not think I am impressive. Um, so this is real. And, and like I said, I hate to admit that, but 
It's true. But how do we do it differently, right? Knowing that those things are temptations for us, um, that often we care more about the praise of, of men than we do of the praise of God, how do we do it differently? Jesus said in verse 46, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. We must step into that light and care more about the praise from God than people because we know those people will let us down. They may steer us in the wrong direction, be looking out for themselves, not for us. You know, they may be that thief, right? The thief that comes to to destroy. Um, So we need to listen to the shepherd, follow the shepherd. He knows you, will protect you no matter what. You may mess up sometimes and look for people's approval. You know, we kind of sometimes will default to that. Um, but we, as we go grow closer to God, read his word, pray, you'll know his voice. And that's the one you'll care more about. It's not easy. We're a work in progress. But the thing is, is if you, you know what God wants for you, you know that, you know, when, when Jesus died on the cross and then rose on the third day and is now in heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us, right? And, and when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have the Holy Spirit to guide us and to protect us and to help us to grow, to be more and more like Jesus, to have those um, virtues that reflect who Jesus was. Jesus didn't care about acceptance um, from, from other people. He cared about doing the will of the Lord and doing what God had sent him to do. And if we cared more about doing um, what would please God rather than what would please man, we would be so much stronger, so much healthier, and we would we would shine, right? We would spend no time in that dark place. We would shine and we would step into the light and live in the light and just, you know, you do think, you, I, I want to do things to make God proud of me. I mean, that doesn't, I don't have to earn my salvation. My salvation comes through my faith in Christ. Um, but through that, through as I grow to become more like Christ, I want I want to hear from God, like, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. That says it in scripture. Like, that's what I want to hear from the Lord when I get to heaven um, because I want to care more about praise from God than praise from men. But again, we're a work in progress. I want you to be honest. Do you often love praise of others over praise from God? And then the follow-up to that is, how can you work to change that? So think about it, how it affects you personally. And don't, don't, don't give, you know, canned answers like, well, I'll read my Bible and I'll pray, which are all amazing things. And we all need to be doing that. But are there things, are there areas in your life where you're more prone to care about what people think than what God thinks? How can you make changes in those specific areas? So let's get to those, a recap of the three things to think about. Number one, how does it make you feel that Jesus knows you by name and will do whatever he can to protect you? Number two, have you put your faith in Jesus? If you have, that is incredible. If you haven't, maybe ask yourself why. What is stopping you? And go back and and rewind a little bit and, and say that prayer if you're ready to do that. The third one is be honest. Do you love praise of others over praise from God? And how can you work to change that? 
Thank you guys for being here today and spending time reflecting on our readings of um, chapters 10 through 12. So next week, we will be back to reflect on um, our three takeaways and three things to think about for chapters 13, 14, and 15. And there's a lot of great stuff. So I hope you'll join us. All right. Thanks, guys.